In today's episode, Josh and I are back from and long-awaited back. We're going to talk about some games we've been playing, playing recently, as well as some new format changes for the show and what's been going on in our lives. And I think you're really going to be excited, so do stay tuned for that. Welcome back for another episode of Board Game Impact. If you are new to the show, uh, welcome to this podcast where myself and Josh, Josh, say hi. Hello. Uh, we walk through different games that we're playing in our lives and different board game related stories and deep dives into games. So that way you can learn from us and learn from how these games are impacting our lives. And so we both work in education and have different higher ed degrees. And what we're trying to do is combine that passion for this hobby that's given us so much with our education. So that way we can provide meaningful content to you and to give back to this amazing hobby. So Josh, we um, need to catch everybody up. It's y'all. It's been a little bit. Um, and that's okay. Like this is currently a passion project. This is something we are doing to help out the hobby, uh, connect with each other. Um, but also to, uh, offer and help advance the hobby at the same time. But that being said, life happens sometimes. And so we're very excited to be back, but Josh, you've had two big things that have happened. Um, and then I'm going to talk about what's been going on for me, but can you share what your new Facebook relationship status says. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you. And, and listeners, I, I want to start off by, by just giving a, a warm thank you and welcome back to everyone. It's, it has been a good long minute and, and I think I speak for Bruce as well as myself when I say we're very sorry and have missed recording and putting out content for you all very, very, very much. Um, however, like Bruce said, things happen, um, life happens. And I, uh, in the beginning of August started a new job in Colorado. I had been living in new Orleans. So, uh, moved, um, across the country for, for a new job have been settling in there. And, uh, now two weeks ago, um, got married. So I, have had a lot going on for the last couple months um, between a moving, um, starting a new job, planning a wedding, and having a wedding, and then just breathing for five minutes, um, which has been very, very nice and a um, welcome reminder that life exists outside of stressful situations. But um, so, so happy to be back. And Bruce, I know you've had a lot going on as well. So, you know, as Bruce mentioned, we are both in education, uh, August, September is always a busy time for all of us. Um, and so that also certainly plays into, um, the lack of content, but very happy to be back. Um, and, and very happy to be recording and talking to you all. Bruce, what's been going on in your life? It's It's been a while. What's it, up, buddy? It has been a while. Yeah. And so, first of all, I had to fly to the Northeast because he didn't get married in, in Colorado, nor New Orleans, which are very close to Texas. He got married up in the Northeast, um, which is actually cool because that's where I'm from. So I actually got to spend some time with my family. So thanks for that, Josh. Um, Absolutely. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah, thanks. You gave me a reason to say hi to mom. Um, no, but in a great way. Uh, it was a beautiful wedding, y'all, um, and really great. And this was during... The the time of the Yankees playing the Astros, which as a New Yorker, 
who lives in Texas. It was very conflicting. And during the service, I kid you not, the the officiant said, and go uh, Yankees. Um, so just going to put that out. It was funny. Um, so for those of you who are into sports, um, that was just a funny moment of just to take a laugh at. No, but it was a beautiful service. Uh, Josh introduced me to the Sazerac old fashioned, um, which was really fun. Uh, but like Josh said, celebrating that was just a really great and I'm just want to say congrats to him and his significant other on their very successful move as well as getting uh, them lined up both with jobs and uh, going out and doing new things in the community which has been great to hear about and honestly I'm really jealous Josh is going to talk about something in a minute he's pretty much built up game groups already in two months and I'm pretty impressed as none of us should be imp- uh, surprised at with him doing that because he talked about that in New Orleans but um, with that all being said Josh is 100% right so working in higher education our students come back in August and with uh, with August comes orientation and all those kind of programs so a big part of my job is actually working with first-year students and um, this year there was just some things that happened uh, concerning that were concerning for some different students that took a little bit of extra time. Um, and so it was things that the students just really needed me and needed some extra support, um, which absolutely I'm going to be there for them um, and help them through whatever's going on, as like, I like to put it. And Josh, you might relate to this. Um, we get to work with students sometimes in their highest highs, right? And like celebrating them and like all those kind of things. But sometimes we're also working with them in some of their lowest lows. Um, so we get the totality of the student experience, um, which means that, that there can be a lot of layers going on there. Um, but that all being said, I'm very thankful that students are doing well, students are being successful, and I cannot believe it's already November. Um, but I am so thankful to be back on this podcast and talking with y'all. So, yes, that is where we're at. Yeah. Well put. Thanks. Um. But this being said, so Josh got married, and no, not kidding. So the night of his wedding, the night of his wedding at the after party um, that was in the hotel lobby, which we got there at 9.50, and the place was closing, the bar in the lobby was closing at 10. So what did we do for Josh and that? We made sure to buy them out of all of the certain beers that they had so we can keep the party going. But in that moment, Josh made a surprise. Um, he, he popped out and like showed up. And I'm like, what are you doing? Um, but he sat down and we got to talk about a lot of cool things. Um, and one of those things was, okay, the show, what are we going to do? Um, this is honestly like 11 o'clock at night when we're having this conversation. And that being said, we had both been doing a lot of thinking about, hey, so when the podcast started, we were really it was going into like deep dives and we've been saying we wanted to cover uh, one of those games. I'm not going to say what it is because it's going to be coming out in an episode soon. Um, and we'll share that then. But we're like, we want to get to that. Like we want to go really deep into a game. So when you think about experiences, you can think about it like a capital T. And the top of the T is like when you go to a lake and you pick up a smooth stone and you throw that stone and it's skipping across the top. And so that's what we had been doing. We had been covering the impacts of these games, right? Um, But a bunch of them, and it's skipping across the water. There's the other part of the T, though, the part that goes deep. And so with that, it's a singular thing where you go really deep. And we were talking about how can we live in that sweet spot in between. And so with that, we came up with a new idea, and that is to split the show apart and to focus our episodes. Right, Josh? Absolutely. And let's be honest, Bruce, I'm just going to throw this out. We weren't just thinking. We've been drinking. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, we had (laughs) some liquid courage. Yeah, it was a great conversation, and and I really appreciated being able to sit down and – 
you know, focus on something that, that was a little bit more relaxing and calming and, and Bruce was there to be my support person, um, throughout the wedding process, but also the day of, and, and being able to sit down and, and de decompress and talk about what we wanted to do with this show, because I think we had both kind of been in this point of, um, really at, at a sticking point of how we were going to move forward with the show. And I love this idea of breaking it apart into, um, opportunities for us to talk about what's going on and, and the experiences that we're having in our gaming groups respectively, but then also really focus in on a game that, that is really driving us and really bringing a lot of, a, a lot of experience and some impressive impacts to, to our, us and our gaming groups. Yeah, and that's really well said. And also, while we were talking, his his now his significant other came up and said, "When the heck are the two of you getting back to recording?" Um, so it wasn't <laughs> just the two of us. We did have um, some great support there as well. But Josh, like you said, it really well of really digging into those different areas and giving each of those areas their, their due. Um, so some of those things, like we talked about, so deep dives, they're coming. The next episode is a deep dive. Get excited for that. This one, though, is like, what have we been playing recently? And so it, this one's going to be a little shorter on that end because we're doing this all intro and catching you up to speed and painting the picture for what's moving forward. So we each only have one game to share for that. But get excited. They're two really great games. Um, other things, though, we, we do have different things that come up. Um, so if there's some specific board gaming news or something we need to cover or a special event. And so like, I am personally going to Board Game Geek Convention in two weeks in Dallas. Um, and so if you're there, make sure to say hi. Josh is shaking his fist at me. You can't see that because sadly he has another wedding he has to go to. Um, but hey, you got your own event. Maybe you'll play a game there, right? Um, but but yeah, when I come back from BGG, like I want to talk about that, mm -hmm. right? And Absolutely. Even though Josh will be a little salty about it, it we're going to talk about it. Sure. <laughs> it's okay. I'm bringing my copy of Wingspan to the wedding because me and the uh, officiant have been trying to get a game of Wingspan to the table for a good long while. Um, my my best man, actually, from my wedding will be officiating this wedding. Um, and so Bruce, you met Skyler. Yep. Um, he is, um, requiring that I bring my copy of wingspan up to, to get a game in before the wedding. And Skyler was amazing. He did a great job as uh, best man, but I'm just going to say he kind of got a promotion for this next wedding to being the officiant. <laughs> yes. Um, other things we're going to do though, like, um, are there specific Kickstarters or is it a big heavy Kickstarter season? So typically what happens is when people, A, either get all their money from the holidays, Kickstarters launch, or when um, taxes returns are starting to come back, a lot of Kickstarters launch. So that beginning first quarter of the year. So we might want to do an episode where we're dedicated to talking about some of the exciting things we're going on there. This format allows us to do that, as well as if there's other cool things that come up, like an interview with a designer, interview with a publisher, and giving that their due um, and really just creating that meaningful content. So get excited. And if this is your first time listening to Board Game Impact, like if that excites you, make sure to hit subscribe so you're going to be able to see all of that. And and hear all of that. And also, we recognize that some of the episodes would sometimes go a little long. And so what we're trying to do also is to truncate it down to meaningful bite-sized chunks. Um, yes, we're going into more detail now, but moving forward, it's going to be 
consumable in really great ways. Sound fun? Absolutely. Okay, cool. I don't know where uh, that was like a door of the Explorer moment of like, <laughs> and what's your name? And she's got like the awkward silence. So yeah, but really, I think it's going to be cool. So that being said, we got three quick things to talk about um, of upcoming things, things you might want to be aware of. And then we're going to talk about some games we've been playing recently. So one thing that Josh and I are both doing is we're both involved in this cool thing on Board Game Geek. So BoardGameGeek.com. We're enrolled in this thing called Secret Santa. Um, It does close on the day after this podcast goes live. So if you're hearing this on the 14th or 15th of November, make sure to sign up immediately. But Josh, what is Secret Santa? So Secret Santa, actually, I'm very excited. I have not done Secret Santa in the past. This is every year I uh, have not had a reminder like this. So listeners, here's your reminder. Uh, uh, Secret Santa is an opportunity for you to find a another person in the community somewhere in the world, and it legitimately can be the world, um, though that poses its own complications, Bruce, mm-hmm. as you might know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you find someone out there in the world, um, whether within your own country or your own state or your just anywhere, And you are paired with that person and you purchase one another a gift that is board game or board game adjacent or related. Um, Something that you you get an idea from Board Game Geek, what that person might be interested in. Um, And and Bruce, you can talk a little bit more about that process. Yeah. But uh, and then then you just you purchase a gift for someone and, and they purchase you one and send it to you. Um, and it's just a really nice way to kind of share in the hobby uh, that that feels very small when you are at a local level, but becomes very large at a global level. Yeah, it is super cool. So I've done it now for the last two years. So this will be my third time. I've had a um, person in the U.S. and last year I dipped my feet out of that which presented its own challenges. I ended up, so my person was in Chile. I was calling different companies in Chile to try and send things because there's this weird thing when you're trying to buy a game in Chile and send it to somebody in Chile. They, like the Chilean government wants to track like driver's licenses or something so they can know how people, what people spend things on. But I can't do that since I'm not a Chilean citizen. So that was weird. So I'm sticking within the U.S. But Josh, you were close on a couple of things. But there's a couple of things I just want to add for the listeners real quick. So first of all, you will have your target, right? So you'll mm-hmm. be the Santa for someone. And then someone else, not your target, is the Santa for you. Yeah, I misunderstood yeah. that. Yeah. Good so, to know. Yeah, good to know. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. But you will never know, most likely, who your Santa was but you'll get the information of the user profile and things like that from your um, target on top of that there is this really cool web feature they built just for this where you can send an anonymous letter to your santa so you so that way your santa's identity isn't given up and you can send like letters to santa oh fun yeah and your santa can send anonymous letters to you as santa and like try to engage you. So like mine, 
wanted to know a little bit more about me so they can tailor the games. Because at that point, I hadn't been rating games online, and they wanted to see what I thought about certain games, so that way they can make a better choice. So they emailed me some of those questions, but they didn't have to give away their identity to do that. So it's a really cool thing. Um, you have to spend $50 US, but so do they. And you have to send in a copy of your receipts, including like shipping and things like that, to uh, one of the admins who's running it. So that way, like, you are getting something for 50. And there's, for people who, Santas that are kind of awful, just going to call this, like, that ne almost never happens, but some people sign up to just be Santas. So there's an abundance of Santas, so it's a really great thing. But again, sign up immediately if that interests you, but we got to move on. Um, Josh, you just did a cool thing, though, that I just want to give kudos to you for. What did you do this past weekend? So this past weekend, for for most listeners, you may be aware of this, uh, November 2nd, which uh, was a couple days ago as we were recording, was Extra Life. Um, Extra Life, for folks who are unaware, began as a video game streaming thing um, and has now kind of expanded into the world of board games. Uh, it is essentially a, a fundraising effort by a lot of people. Uh, fellow nerds to raise money for children's miracle network. Um, it, like I said, it started as folks streaming them playing video games. Um, but the board game group that I have found myself a part of since moving to Colorado Springs, uh, wonderful, wonderful people. And Bruce, you would be amazed by how many folks are a part of this group and how dedicated this group is. Um, very, very impressive. And I want to give kudos to the folks who set this up. Um, I was a player at this event. Uh, we started at 9am on Saturday morning. We ended at 8am Sunday morning. Uh, our 24 hours, uh, was a little wonky because we did this over, uh, daylight savings. daylight savings time. So I lost my extra hour of sleep for the night, <laughs> but it was all for a good cause. Um, we played for played games for 24 hours straight. Um, that included some raffles for games that were donated by members of our group, donated by the store, um, some prizes that were donated by some local companies as well. Um, it also included a uh, poker tournament that was um, all, well, 75% of the poker tournament proceeds went to uh, Extra Life uh, as well. Great. Really, really great time. Uh, the group that I am a part of that, that set this all up and hosted this ended up raising $10,000 for Congratulations. the Colorado Springs Children's Miracle Network. Oh, and I want to give awesome. a... And I just wanted to give a massive, massive shout out to the organizers of this event, um, the guys who to set this up, as well as to my local game store. Um, it is uh, Enchanted Realms in Colorado Springs. The guys who hosted this are wonderful people who were gracious enough to open up their store to us for 24 hours. Uh, the guys who run the store cooked for us and... Um, you know, made it, made it everything that we could possibly want it to be in the, in the weeks leading up to this, they were giving us food on our game nights with donations all going to the, to support our, our, pro, our efforts with, with extra life. 
I really cannot speak highly enough about the guys who to who organized this, set this up, and made it such an amazing and wonderful experience to be a part of. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Um, hopefully, we will continue this tradition into the future. Um, we shattered our goal of five thousand dollars this year. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to make this a big thing. Listeners, be on the lookout next year. I'm sure I will be promoting um, as as I become a more integral part, hopefully, of this gaming group, these efforts um, moving forward. So really, really had a great time. And, 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 you know, like I said, wanted to give a massive shout out to, to the organizers of that event. Uh, I just want to say kudos to everyone involved with this. It sounds like y'all did a phenomenal job putting this on, um, especially for with Josh being new there. Like this just goes a long way, but like $10,000 to support the Children's Miracle Network. Like that is an amazing impact that we're getting to have through this amazing hobby. And so always remember like, are there ways we can give back? Are there ways we can do this for the benefit of others? Um, yes, it's great to play new games. Yes, it's great to do all these things. And I'm sure you had a lot of fun too, but at the same time, can we all have fun, but also make a great impact and help out others. So like kudos to Extra Life. Um, I also want to just give a shout out. I know uh, Michael, who's Futiles on BGG, I know he was also doing um, Extra Life this past weekend. So I want to just give a shout out, shout out to him. And he just broke his all-time donation um, amount of $15,000. So Kudos to him and everything he's been doing. Um, and thank you to everybody else who also did Extra Life. If you haven't heard of that before, I know it's um, something that I've been wanting to do. Um, and I'm jealous that you were able to do it. I just haven't had the opportunity. So I'm looking forward to like making this happen for moving forward, Josh. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Bruce, legitimately, I didn't even realize how legitimately easy it was to become a part of it. Um, you know, strongly encourage you all to explore. I you have such a great game game group game group there in Texas mm-hmm. um, that I know you guys could do amazing things there. One of the great things is that that money stays local, um, so it 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 goes a long way, but it it also directly impacts the community that you're a part of. And, and listeners, I encourage you to also look out for. Um, extra life events in your areas in the future as well. So, um, you know, 24 hours is a long time to play games, but when, when you're having that much fun and you're raising money for, for a good cause, it, it it really makes everything worth it. So, yeah. And uh, this is not the last time you were going to hear about extra life because this is something that's very, very good. And this is something we're going to um, actively support and encourage moving forward. And so I'm excited for that, Josh. Um, and yeah. hopefully you're excited with that, listeners, um, because it's a good thing. One more thing to talk about. I already said it, though. Um, so I am going to be at Board Game Geek Con um, in Dallas. Um, so that's in a new location for Board Game Geek. That's at the Hyatt Regency downtown. Tickets have been sold out pretty much since February, but there is a wait list um, that's pretty active right now, actually. Um, and so if you hop on there, there's a special way you do that. Um, the tickets are not inflated or anything like that. They want to make sure no one's like scalping their tickets. There's a formal process that that goes through where you you are buying them for face value just off of the person. Um, so if you're interested in that, go on over to Board Game Geek, click on the little arrow. I know they did the redesign. Click on the arrow, the drop down, and click on events. 
It's also where you're going to be able to see the BGGC, uh, uh, also the BGG Spring. And then another thing that's pretty cool that I am not going to, but the two days leading up to the first full day and then the half day before BGG Con starts, they're doing the Tabletop Network, which is encouraging game designers um, and bringing game designers together. So people who want to be game designers to learn from people like Ryan Lockett, Rob Davio, um, Martin Wallace, uh, Elizabeth Hargraves, you name it, they're going to be there, uh, Matt Leacock. Um, and so that's a really great thing. So if you're interested in learning how to be a better game designer, um, look out for that as well. Um, and they do have scholarships for that one too um, that are fronted by Jeff Engelstein, actually, um, which is really great. Um, but speaking of volunteering, if you are going, first of all, come, come find me, um, shoot me a message, let's play a game. Um, but also give back to the hobby that's giving you so much. Um, I'm looking right now in the current library signups are just under 50% um, for the convention. So do a shift in the library. Help them out. Um, it's a really great way to give back. Plus, you get to see what are the popular games that you should keep your eye out for at this convention. It's a great way to like, be a spy, make some friends, and help out at the same time. So that was a lot, Josh. Um, what we're going to do now is transition into... Uh, what we've been playing recently, the thing we said we were going to do for this episode, mm -hmm. if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, listeners, so like I said, this is a heavy update -y, um, type episode, but now like we're going to be in the future having a lot less updates like this. Um, cause this really isn't a thing moving forward, but then really just jumping right into this. So today we've only got two games for you, but moving forward, we'll have more than that and some deeper dives. And so I'm real excited for that. So Josh, why don't you get started? And I'm going to assume it's a game that you got to play at that 24 hour binger. It, it absolutely was. Um, Bruce, this game is something that I've been dying to get to the table for just about two years. Um, BGG con two years ago is when I first, uh, really heard about this game and wanted to get it to the table. Then, unfortunately, literally no one else at the convention with me at that time had any interest in it because it is the heavy, 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 dry Euro game that I crave. Um, and the, people we were with at the time were not interested in. Uh, and that is Lisboa by Vital Lacerda, um, published by Eagle Griffin Games. Um, Lisboa is a game in which you are uh, working to rebuild uh, the city Lis uh, of Lisboa, in, uh, Lisbon in Portugal, following a, a massive earthquake that has left the city um, in ruins. It is a based on historical events. Um, you are trying to serving as a noble, trying to rebuild the city following the flooding and the fires and the rubble that was caused by the earthquake. Um, absolutely. If you are at all interested in Euro games, a phenomenal game. Um, it is designed by Vital Lacerda. Um, if you don't know what that means, it means <laughs> be prepared for a slog of a rule explanation. Yep. Um, be prepared for a long game that is going to make your brain actually hurt. <laughs> um, 
but man, is it a really, really, really good game. Um, you know, you are, um, playing cards out, which allow you to take certain actions that include collecting rubble and then building buildings in the city, rebuilding the buildings of the city, which allow you to create goods, which you can sell for money and also collect rubble. It's Lacerda games kind of work in a circular fashion of in order to do a, you must have done F and in order to do F, you must have done something before then. Um, you know, it is a very circular game and that is why it's so difficult to explain. You, don't really have a good starting place. Um, each rule depends on understanding and knowing another rule that occurred before it. Um, but if you can get through the grind of learning the game, I think it's phenomenal. I really, really do. I don't think I've really only played a couple Lacerda games, but all of them are so elegant and so interesting and so difficult and meaty and and just really really fun for a euro gamer if you're looking for theme don't play this game um <laughs> the the closest that you get to theme in this game is from the artwork um uh vitala Serda is known for working with ian o'toole the artist um ian o'toole does art for it seems like everything right now lately. Yeah. Um, and he's just that good. He is yeah. a phenomenal artist and this game is no exception to that. The artwork on the player boards and on the cards is just phenomenal. He he's really, really good at what he does, but that's the closest you're getting to any kind of theme in this game. Really. It's just a phenomenal Euro game that, just the decisions are interesting and it's difficult to learn, but it's so good. Um, so yeah, so a lot of Lacerda games are like that. Like you have, it's in order to know not something, you also have to know this other thing. So where do you start? Um, this does on board game geek have a weight rating of 4.5, um, 4.53 out of five. Um, so that's rather heavy. Um, so I have a question though, Josh, cause you talked about like, you're able to like remove the rubble and build the buildings and stuff. So when I hear I get to like build buildings, even if I mm. fail at the game, I sometimes feel almost empowered. Like, look at what I did. I'm proud. I could put this on the fridge if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you, absolutely. Do you, is there a sense of accomplishment that came with that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I was playing with folks and it's one of those games like a lot of heavy euros where unless you play it often and a lot, it, it's hard to, to do well. Um, I was patting, I, I came in second, which was pretty good, but I was patting on my back, patting myself on the back for score, breaking a hundred. The person who owned the game scored closer to 140. Mm. Um, you feel good though, no matter how you do in the game, because you kind of look at your board and, and really without a competition of other people, it, you do a lot, Okay. no matter how many people are playing or, or how much you do, 
unless you're really botching it and really losing and missing the point completely, you're doing something. You know, you don't have to build buildings. You could be the merchant and all you're doing is you own, you buy a bunch of ships and you're shipping the goods that everyone else is producing to do their hmm. um, building, like to make their buildings and all of that type of stuff. So there are a million paths to victory in this game and you feel good no matter what you do. Okay, so with there being a million paths, like you can, which I like, but they're like actually replicating things. But with that comes a lot of management and euro aspects, right? Um, that's where some of the dryness comes in because it's more like administration heavy. Mm-hmm. Are those paths to victory, and this is kind of my last question, are those paths to victory like point salad type, like a Stefan Feld game, or is it more like it's like you're building an engine, or what's kind of going on there? Um, it is not Stefan Feld. Um, it is not quite as option heavy as a Feld game. Um, I say there's a million in in Lisboa. There's probably about five or six real sure. strategies, but all of those strategies are equally valuable. Gotcha. So it's just um, you can make a lot of different choices, uh, like five different types of choices, but they each have their own merit. But it's not like you're just getting points to get points. Yeah, it, it does not feel like it. And I love I love a Feld game. I love sure. a point salad game. But this does not feel like you're getting points to get points. This feels yeah. like you're doing something. Every action that you take is for a purpose. Gotcha. Well, sweet. Well, that was yeah. Lisboa by Eagle Griffin. So if that interests you, if you like heavier games, which I definitely do, um, just got to be willing to put in that commitment, it sounds like. Um, and then maybe check this out. Um, or if you're going to BGG, like, take it out from the library. I know I want to check out his newest one on Mars while I'm there. Um, so I'm going to try and check that out. Would love to. I didn't get to play it. I saw a copy of Escape Plan on mm -hmm. the table, and it looked phenomenal. Um everything that Lacerda does is just fantastic. Um, so would love to hear your experience with On Mars. So I'm going to really try and make that happen. So fingers crossed I can make it happen. And so, listeners, I don't know if you heard that revving of a car in the background, but it's actually super fitting for the game I'm going to talk about, which is not light. It's not heavy at all. It's like really not. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And that is Downforce, uh, which was published by Restoration Games when they, because Restoration Games does this thing of they find older games that are really great, maybe just need some modernization or also just need to be brought out again. Um, and so they repurpose those licenses, tweak them up a little bit and put them out. So Downforce came out a couple years ago. Um, and I, we were playing with the Danger Circuit expansion, which essentially adds more maps and more powers. But what Downforce is, is essentially, honestly, it's the racing game I kind of always wanted. And like now I'm like searching to get a copy of this game. Um, spoiler alert there on how I feel about it. Um, because what it is, is you have a board in front of you that honestly looks like the top-down perspective of a Mario Kart board. Of You've got like all the different twists and turns. Uh, Josh, have you played Downforce? I have not. Downforce is one of those games that's consistently been a need to play, but have not gotten it. Okay. A we, chance to get to the We table. will make sure to 
play it once I get my copy. Um, our buddy Aaron, <laughs> who's in my game group here, sniped out a copy underneath me from the BGG Con virtual flea market. So I'm going to try and find a third copy now because he took the second one. Um, but that being said, so Downforce is a game where um, at the beginning of the game, you are you get a car or one or two cars depending on player count. So it's a uh, up to six player game. So last night we were playing at six players. So we each got a car. It was cool. I was the green car. Now, what you're trying to do is it's a racing game. So the first car across gets first place. Second car across gets second place. But that's not fun. It's really a betting game. It's not really a racing game um, in that there's three um, three points throughout the game. Um, so the first essentially quarter, the second, the halfway point, and then the three quarters of the way point, you have a player sheet in front of you with all of the different colors of the cars, and you mark a little X in the box that you think of the car that's going to win the race. And so every time a car crosses one of the, the first car crosses one of those bidding lines, they call it, you get to put a single X in a box for that bidding line. So at the end of the game, you're going to have made three bets throughout the game. Depending on how that car finished the race, so if it, if it crossed the first bidding line and you said, oh, I think the red car is going to win the game, and you were correct, then you would get nine points, nine million dollars. If it was came in second place, you would get less than nine million, and if it came in third place, you'd get less than that. Now, if you, if let's say you bid on the red car for after a car finished across the second bidding line, well, well, you didn't predict that early in the game, and so you're going to get less than nine points, but not as few as you're going to get if for the last part. So the best thing you can do is if you really know what, if you really feel like you're going to know what car is going to win, you bet them all the way across. So I actually had that happen yesterday. So the car I was bidding on, which also happened to be my car, because how your car places in zero to six, uh, one to six gives you points. Um, and so I maxed out my score um, because I got the most points I could for my car because it won. And then I also got max points because I actually predicted that my car was going to win the game. Um, and so it's a little bit of a prediction trying to figure out, but how they do it is fascinating. So I love auction style games, um, and bidding mechanics. And I love when games introduce different ones. That's why I love modern art and I have four versions of it. <laughs> but that being said, um, you have a hand of cards and on the card is little, honestly, like progress bars with a number. So it's like an orange bar with a six, a black bar with a three, a green bar with a two. And what you have to do is on your hand, you play one card from your hand and you then move those cars in that order from top to bottom. So you'd move that orange car, six, that red car, three, that green car, two, for example. But on the board, there's spaces. So it's a racetrack, right? So parts of racetracks are wide. Some of them are narrow. And so as you move the cars around in order, a car might be in a place or a set of cars might be in a place that literally block the car behind it. Um, and so it's essentially a bidding game with like where you're sort of doing these auctions and essentially consider your hand of the different auction things that you can put forward. It's a lot of fun. You can play it really fast. And so it doesn't take that long to teach at all because it's honestly the game. I love when a game's theme as well as the cards 
teach you how to play the game just intrinsically based on the graphic design. That is this game in a nutshell. Um, so the expansion, we played, played with the Danger Circuit expansion, which came with a new double-sided board um, and a, a stack of new power cards for the cars, which we mixed in with the other ones. So every car will have its own little flavor text of my car in the game. It was really good at drafting behind. So if there was ever a car in front of me, in the space in front of me that moved, my car would move up one into its space because it was able to draft. Other ones, like, oh, if it crosses a bidding line, so three times throughout the game, it'll get two extra movement. If it only moved in these kind of squares, then it'll get extra movement. Or if it ends its turn on a curve, it'll get an extra little burst coming out of the curve because it's better at that. So it's really fun. There's a lot of replayability because of those power cards and those now four different maps because the base game comes with a double-sided board. And then this expansion offers a double-sided board. Um, there's a new expansion coming out in 2020 with a new double-sided board that's going to add jumps in um, and stuff where you have to have like a certain amount of oomph to get over the jump. So, And then there are some modifications online for how to turn it into like Mario Kart. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Um, I recommend picking it up. If anything, it's a great way. That's how we winded down our night last night. So we played a heavier Euro game first, and then like let's just end the night on some fun. Um, which Euro game was fun, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as brain burner-y um, mm -hmm. to, and didn't require a lot of energy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think what's really kind of interesting is the way we did this. Um, you know, I talked about a very brain burner-y game uh, earlier and, and you mentioned the weight and complexity rating on BGG and downforce by comparison is a 1.8 with the expansion, a 2.0, uh, on BGG in terms of weight. Um, so much, much further on the, on the lighter end of that scale, but still with some what sounds like some very interesting decisions to make um, and some very um, kind of unique gameplay mechanics. Mm -hmm. I like the mixing of the racing aspect with the bidding aspects. They're two kind of mechanics that, you know, make for a lighter game, but also make for some very interesting and unique decisions to, to be had. Um, you mentioned also something that I thought was very funny. You mentioned that there are conversions for making this more like Mario Kart online. And as I'm sitting on BGG, I was flipping through some pictures, um, <laughs> which included a, a picture of someone who made, uh, Mario Kart models for oh my gosh. this game, which <laughs> just look really, really fun and fantastic. Um, no, I'm really, really interested in getting this to the table. Um, you know, Aaron, you mentioned owning this game uh -huh. when I lived in Texas, talked about playing this a lot. Um, he had played it at BGG con at that point before and before I had arrived one year and how great it was. And it's something that I've been wanting to try and get my hands on for a while. It's just always eluded me. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you had a good time with it, Bruce. Yeah, absolutely love it. And also, if, if you ever liked Matchbox cars, buy this game. Um, because essentially you get to play with little cars. Um, but yeah, so that is what we've got for y'all tonight, um, for today, whenever you're listening to this during the day. If it's good morning or good night, 
we'll take it or leave it. Um, but Josh, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? No, absolutely not. Um, other than listeners, thank you so much for being patient with us. If you've been with us for a while, if you are new, welcome. We are thrilled to have you and please recommend this game to a friend or this uh, podcast to a friend. The games um, are great too. The games are great too. Um, thank you so much for coming back and, and being with us. I am so, so happy to be back recording this show. It is something that brings me an immense amount of pleasure. And the fact that I get to sit down and talk with a good friend about a passion of mine and that people are willing to hear and listen to me talk about this passion for 30 minutes to an hour blows my mind. So thank you so much for letting us do this. Um, welcome back. And I look forward to, to speaking with you for in the future. Yeah. And so thank you so much. Um, Josh nailed it, uh, nailed it shut right there. Um, but I also want to just let you know, so I did post some updates in the Patreon, um, in this little interim window and I did have some people reach out to me. So like Jeremy and others, like, thank you for reaching out. Um, and also for your kind words on how we did that. Um, just as a quick note, like during that window, like we shut down the Patreon, like I paused everything on there because that was reflective of where we are and what we were doing. Um, so thank you to all those who shot out and just like gave us those kind words, um, made me, made us want to just get back to this and doing this. So, um, we're glad that this is meaningful for you and look forward to keep doing it. Um, that being said, definitely stay tuned for the next episode. So if this is your first time or you haven't done this yet, make sure to click subscribe so you're going to get all the little updates from this but while you're doing that please do give us a five-star rating in your podcast app as that really helps um, us and the show but also like feel free to drop a comment on there we read all of those um, there are like we would love 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 to get more questions from some listeners or games you'd like to have discussed so please make sure to shoot us an email at boardgameimpact at gmail.com uh, but really, until next time, uh, just like all the impacts that Josh and others were able to be having, um, actually, Josh, you get to say the line because of what you were able to do. Until next time, go have a positive impact on the world.